0: Our Bible reading this morning is from John's Gospel, chapter 1, reading verses 1 to 5 and 19 to 34. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, Now this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Messiah. They asked him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. Now the Pharisees who had been sent questioned him, Why then do you baptise if you are not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptise with water, John replied. But among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany, on the other side of the Jordan, where John was baptising. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptising with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, But the one who sent me to baptise with water told me, The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptise with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to
1: God. Good morning, everyone. Shall we pray together? Father God, thank you for your presence with us this morning. Thank you for your presence with us as a church in our scattered places here online. Uh, in children's and youth ministry as well. We pray that you would unite us this morning, bring us to you. Uh, I pray that as I speak, uh, any words that are of you, any thoughts that are of you would sit with us and anything that's just of me would be forgotten in an instant. Lord Jesus, we want to be more like you as we leave this place than when we came. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. Welcome again. Uh, Let me add my welcome at the start of this service. Happy... um, Happy Mothering Sunday for those who are mothers. Uh, For those of you whom Mothering Sunday is a particularly tough day, uh, well done for coming. Thank you for coming. I understand exactly where you might be this morning, and my prayers are utterly with you. Um, A special welcome to people online watching, uh, any visitors we have as well. Uh, It's just a joy to be together. My name is Aidan. I'm the curate here at Christchurch. and This morning, we're going to be continuing our series as we journey through, uh, in 14 weeks, the whole of the Bible. We're doing a series called All Things New, joining in with God's story of recreation. And it's, it's, it's taken from a book by Pete Hughes. I know many people have gotten hold of that book, uh, All Things New, and are reading it as well. Uh, and many people have come up to me and said how much they're enjoying it and being blessed by it. Uh, and if, if you haven't started yet, it's still not too late. Do get hold of the copy of that book and read it. It's fantastic. It helps us to understand the big picture story of Scripture. And that's what we're doing through these 14 weeks up to Pentecost is we are going through the whole story of the Bible from creation and the beginning of all things through the brokenness that comes in the fall uh, and decreation that happens and then in particular focusing on God's story of redeeming of making all things new with Jesus's life death resurrection ascension and return being his great plan for recreation so we have creation -creation, decreation recreation and please do catch up on any of the talks Uh, those of you who've been here every week will be bored of me saying the things i just said then Uh, but those of you who are new do catch up on any of the talks you've missed perhaps i do encourage you to look them up they're on our website or on our youtube channel Uh, you can find them through all of our different sermons So over the last four weeks, we have gone gone at a fairly rapid pace. We've gone from Genesis to Malachi. We've covered the whole Old Testament in a way. Uh, And last week I was here and uh, taking us from the promised land to exile, taking the story of Israel from the promised land to exile and the story of ancient Israel who was supposed to be a sign to the world of the goodness of God, a light unto the nations, but in reality, Israel just demonstrated, perhaps better than anyone, the shortcomings of humanity. And Israel failed uh, and ended up in scattered in exile. The story of the Old Testament shows more than anywhere else that we cannot manage the problems of this world on our own. We cannot manage the problem of sin, of death, and we need saving. But what I hope has become clear over these four weeks is we've thought a bit about what God is like, how the Old Testament points to a God who loves, a God who forgives, a God who redeems, whose very nature is to be a redeemer. And he has never changed. And into Israel's story of exile, God was still at work. God was still journeying towards the redemption of all, and he sent his prophets to speak of the hope of new life, a new rescuer, a new saviour, a new king from the line of David. And Israel, now under the rule of the Roman Empire, was waiting expectantly for a coming Messiah. And that's why we're picking up the story this morning, as we get to the New Testament this morning. We pick up the story as we move into the, the Second Testament, the, the stories of Jesus, and, the, and what is the defining moment in history, The literally the defining moment, when, when God comes to earth in the form of his Son. My aim in our time together this morning is to do three things. I want to think about how Jesus is the con- continuation and the fulfilling of the Old Testament story. To think about how the recreation and new life that Jesus brings, we're going to think about what that is like. And then finally, to think about what it means to share this new life with others, as we've already seen in our video, uh, being messengers of the gospel in, in the language of the six M's. So the New Testament begins, it starts with four Gospels. I'm sure we're all aware of them, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And of course, I could have chosen a reading from any of the four of them this morning. We call them the four Gospels because each of them are the authors telling, they're the authors telling of the Gospel of Jesus, the good news of Jesus. That's what that word, Gospel, means. So each of them tell the good news story of Jesus through his birth, his life, his teaching, his miracles, and then on to his journey to the cross, his death and, the, and defeat of death and the sins of the world, his resurrection where he comes uh, back to life and overcomes the power of sin and death. They wrote these Gospels because they were so desperate to share Jesus with others that people reading them or listening to them might experience for themselves the life that Jesus had for them. But this morning we, we had John 1. I, went with, I decided to go with the beginning of John's Gospel because it just is so brilliant at taking the story from the Old Testament into the New. It begins with three words, doesn't it? In the beginning. Sound familiar? Yes, probably be familiar because we've all heard John 1 at Christmas. But in the beginning, is, is, it's the first three words of Genesis as well. But John writes, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing that has been made was made. So John begins his gospel harking back to creation. This Jesus I'm going to tell you about, this story of Jesus, this Jesus is God. The same God who Genesis talks about. The same God who who made and created all things. Without him, nothing that was made, that has been made. The same God that we've been thinking about these few weeks through the Old Testament is the same Jesus that we will now be reading about specifically. The God who creates all things to be good, who sees his creation go wrong, who loves his people Israel and is desperate for them to love him back. And who is always slow to anger and quick to love. The same holy God who is perfect and yet forgives again and again and again. John starts his gospel saying, when you think of God, think of Jesus. And when you think of Jesus, think of God. They are one and the same. Speaking of the beginning of John's gospel, Pete Hughes in our book uh, writes this. He says, his message is simple. In Jesus, a new creation is being established. Genesis was the story of creation. John's gospel is the story of recreation. But how Jesus brings recreation is so fascinating. He doesn't just like stop and start again. He doesn't get rid of all life and start again. But the story continues with him getting involved, walking into this earth. And the story continues with him getting baptized, as we heard. All of the gospels begin pretty much uh, with the story of Jesus being baptized by John the Baptist. And his baptism was a baptism of repentance, as Mark puts it, for example. Jesus is baptised, and this is a perfect demonstration of Creator getting utterly involved in his broken creation. Recognising the effects of sin in the world, bearing it upon himself, and stepping into that brokenness and bringing life, bringing wholeness, bringing recreation. Of course, as we journey to Easter, uh, we're going to dig deeply into the ultimate expression of this redemption in the cross and the resurrection. But actually, all of Jesus' life brought about this recreation. As we turn the pages and read on through John's Gospel, for example, we, we have these incredible encounters throughout, the, you know, throughout which bring new life. We have the story of the woman in the well in John 4, whose life is utterly transformed from broken to restored. In John 5, we have the healing of a paralyzed man. In John 6, there are thousands of hungry people. The big problem of hunger in the world is dealt with with Jesus uh, in that moment. Uh, It just can't help but feed people and restore people. Where Jesus goes, life in all its fullness is visible. Recreation, creation as it was supposed to be, is evident. Wherever Jesus went, lives were transformed. Sick people healed, blind people able to see. The brokenhearted and the oppressed are set free as they experience this recreation. Jesus also taught lots. We all know a lot about his teaching. Uh, And he talked about this transformation, this new life. And he describes it in John chapter 3 as being born again, a second birth, new life, literally, spiritually. We are born again. That's where born again Christianity comes from. It's from that story. Being born again was true for people who met Jesus. It was true for Jewish people, definitely. But crucially, it was also true for all people. Jew, Gentile, male, female, rich or poor, all were invited to receive this recreation. And this invitation was extended through the church to you and I, through the history. We, we are given this invitation as well. Jesus baptizes us with the Holy Spirit, as John wrote. And his recreating, new life-bringing presence dwells within us. Ultimately, this new life brings with it relationship with God. That is what it's all about. Relationship. Life in all its fullness is relationship with the creator of this new universe. This new life is something we've talked about a lot. Of course we have. (laughs) We've talked about it a lot through the years. It's been a real focus here at Christchurch. Learning to live the life is our vision statement as a church. And, 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 And this life that I'm talking about, this what the thing that Jesus brings, this spirit-filled, Jesus-style, life in all its fullness, is what the life is in our learning to live the life statement. Now, as part of my curacy here, I'm, I'm kind of in the final stages of my training to be a vicar. Uh, I've met with Chris Dobson quite regularly through this year to kind of chat and we reflect on things. And we, you know, I hear from his wisdom. Uh, and it's wonderful. We, we really kind of... Uh, talk about the life of the world and everything, but definitely church. And one of the things he asked me to do and kind of challenged me to do is to look through, uh, look at ministers and how they have themes in their sermons. Because actually, we, if you look at the themes of, you know, common themes within a particular preacher, you'll find out what their real heart is. You'll find out what their real passion is. And I think every sermon I ever heard Joe Vickery give talked about this life. I don't know about you, but if you look at, think about the sermons that you'll have heard our previous vicar, Joe, uh, give, he, he would always talk about this life that Jesus has for us, this relationship that Jesus has for us. Uh, You know, just like the uh, the authors of the gospel, Joe was and is desperate for people in this church and in our community to encounter the life that God has for them, to see God at work in our lives and then for us to live that life out in our day-to-day living, experiencing the love and the recreation of God in our own lives and then sharing it with others. We all know this. Don't we? We've all heard this story, uh, this sermon quite a few times, haven't we? We've probably heard a load of sermons, not just by Joe, but by all of us, who, who talk about, you know, experience the love of God and then share it with others. Experience relationship with God and then invite others to experience this relationship for themselves. But as I have just been thinking uh, in preparation for this morning, I've just kind of recognised that actually maybe that's easier to said than done. Uh, easier to say, yeah, we want to invite people to experience this relationship. But I'm not always sure that we're able to do it. A few weeks ago, we met as a, a PCC to review our parish profile, to review, uh, to review it. And a parish profile is the advert for our new vicar and our new minister. And in a discussion, we needed to review where we are at as a church at the moment. And someone mentioned that whilst we have seen people come to faith, definitely recently we are seeing people come to faith, it's certainly not as often as we would like it to be. We've, uh, most of the new people we see coming to our church are already Christians and they're just moving into the area or maybe they're rediscovering the faith that they had in some ways. But it's, it's, you know, we're not seeing as much growth as we would love to see. Because of this, we, you know, we have seen growth here at Christchurch over the years, but to some extent, uh, just before, even before COVID, we, the growth was kind of plateauing a little bit. And we're desperate desperate to see new people encounter faith we're desperate to to see it and actually we believe it's not only possible but it's it should be likely and we're excited and we want to be a growing church what came out of the discussion as a PCC is that we really are desperate to grow and I think throughout the our church there is a desire to share our faith but there isn't always the confidence to do it By no means are we alone in this, of course, you know, churches up and down the country especially are are struggling uh, to share their faith at times. There are perhaps different reasons why this might be, why we might lack this confidence. But I think one of the big ones is often we just don't expect people to be interested. We don't expect people to be actually interested in this new life that Jesus is offering them. This life we are invited to in Jesus, we know it is good news. We know it is good news for other people. We just maybe, I know in myself, I sometimes don't expect them to realize that it's good news for them as well. I know I have been guilty of this, but uh, I know with, and, and I know also with, with family and long-standing friendships, we, we walk an interesting tightrope in those relationships. We don't want to preach necessarily at people, but we are desperate for them to come to faith. And I want to encourage us this morning, as, just as I finish, I believe passionately, actually, that people are more interested in this new life that Jesus has for them. I think people are interested, more interested than actually we think they are. In the last two years especially, I think, has accelerated an already kind of growing trend where people are more and more spiritually open. They're certainly more aware of their need for good news at the moment. They're certainly more aware of the need for a better life. The big difference, though, is that instead of looking to the church, as previous generations might have done, people are looking to other sources. They're looking to other spiritualities. They're looking to self-help guides and all those kind of things. They're not, they're, their natural reaction is not to come to the church. We have to go to them. We have to take uh, you know, the gospel to them. But we can do so with confidence. I do genuinely believe that people are open. It's what I've I've seen in my own life. You know, I, I have a an easy in in conversations. That what's the standard conversation when you meet someone? Hi, I'm blah blah. Uh, what do you do for a living? You know, what do you, do? you know? And people go, you're a vicar." really? <laughs> um, people some, for some reason are surprised, uh, but they, they, you know, people say, oh, you're a vicar, and then we have a discussion, and the amount of times people will ask me, genuinely interested about why I, am, why I do what I do, why I believe what I believe, my favourite, absolute all-time favourite was when we first moved to Bristol, and someone said, oh, what, what brings you to Bristol? And, uh, and I said, oh, I'm training to be a vicar, and they, said, and they just said, oh, big into the Christ then, are you? Which, oh, absolutely lovely. People are genuinely interested, not just that you know, someone might be a vicar, but they're genuinely interested in the life that we have to offer, the good news we have to offer. You know, I, the amount of times I'm able to share stories and just chat with people openly about you know, my faith and my experience of faith, and in doing so, invite them to think about it for themselves, you know, be it the barbers or uh, be it just in, in you know, everyday conversations. I genuinely believe that people are interested. And we are seeing growth. We are seeing growth. You know, yes, there is a trend in this country for churches to kind of not be the best at sharing their faith at times or not have the confidence. That's why LICC are all existing to kind of give people the confidence. That's why we have those 6M videos and all those kind of things. But in our city, you know, we we have a new church called St. Nick's uh, that started in, I think it was 2018. Uh, It's in the center of the city. That was a closed down building that was sold off. But it is now a new church is existing in there people are coming to faith uh, I, my, my son's godfather is the curate there and it's just been really interesting and, and exciting hearing the stories that are coming out of there people coming to faith who have no experience of church before people of all generations young middle and old um, kind of coming to faith in Jesus lives are transformed and, th- and they are announcing this morning that they're going to be starting a new church into the uh the, the housing estate, you know, new build housing estate in North Bristol, because, because actually they, they are growing and they're excited to share this gospel with other people. Lives are being transformed in our city. Lives are being transformed here at Christchurch as well. We are seeing people come to faith and we just want more of it. Um, another exciting kind of example, we've got the wonderful Iggy Clark is here with us. This Could you give us a stand up by any chance? Iggy's back visiting this morning. She's just been um, gallivant—sorry—on a mission trip around Europe, uh, running and and um, she's been got I think eight weeks, nine. How many countries? Sixteen countries. So, oh dear. I've broken it. Uh, <laughs> 16 countries in eight weeks, uh, going around, running events, inviting people to experience the gospel. And your overwhelming reaction has been that people are interested and people are experiencing this new life. I think over 100 people have come to faith and made a commitment to faith during those eight weeks. And that's just a pocket of the, uh, you know, a tiniest bit of a kind of snippet of the good news that's coming from that work. And actually, Iggy and I, I we, we caught up in the week and had a chat. And I was like, oh my gosh, we've got to record a podcast need to hear more stories um, because that's the way my brain works so uh, this week you'll if you follow our YouTube channel or look on our website you'll be able to find a discussion with Iggy just sharing more of the stories uh, from her mission trip but I know she'd love to chat to people afterwards as well but just be encouraged Um, Iggy has been to some of the most secular countries in Europe Scandinavia that is famously closed off to the gospel and yet people are having their lives transformed as they encounter Jesus I want to encourage us this morning that actually people are interested in this new life. People are interested in this recreation that God is doing and the work he is doing. So I've covered quite a lot of things this morning. I've talked quite a lot. (laughs) I just, it's been, I recognise it's been quite scattergunned. We've kind of, we've looked at the, the Jesus being the fulfilling of the Old Testament, the continuation of the story. He is the light of the world, the hope in the darkness and God's plan for recreation. He brings us new life, calling us to be born again, born anew, to experience relationship with him now, today, but also in an everlasting relationship that will go and outlive this fallen world. But also, we ha- we, I've also talked about how we, ha- we can have confidence to share this life, this Jesus, this good news, this gospel with other people. And so to finish, I just wanna, let's just take a moment to still ourselves. And at the beginning I prayed that anything that was of God might be something we remember. And let's just ask God in the stillness to reveal what he is putting on our hearts, being an encouragement, being a challenge, being an exhortation. Father God, thank you so much that you love your people. You love your creation. You have always been at work. From the beginning of all things to the end of all things, you are at work redeeming, restoring, recreating. And you are desperate for us to experience life in all its fullness, life in relationship with you. I pray for anyone who is feeling like they haven't experienced this life for themselves this morning that they would be interested they would be, uh, explore it more deeply help us as a church community to d- dig deeper learn better to live this life that you have for us but Lord Jesus we do pray for our friends and our family and the people we meet on our front lines give us the confidence and the boldness to share you Not necessarily as a preaching, uh, you know, as a preaching and bashing people over the head with it, but sharing our story, sharing the goodness that you have brought in our lives, trusting that they will be interested in finding it for themselves. In Jesus' name, amen.